Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Kate and I are so unbelievably excited to introduce you to Kylie Macbeth today. And some of you may know her on Instagram. Her handle is Being is Beautiful. And I am just beyond grateful. First, need to thank all of you that keep showing up every week listening to the New Truth Podcast and keep sharing with your girlfriends who know need to hear this message. And we take very seriously that every episode is a transmission for you and your heart and your soul, that through every episode, you remember the truth of who you are, you remember that you are loved and you belong and you are oh so very beautiful. And I'm meeting Kylie for the first time today, although I have been following her work. And this is episode 28, How Patriarchy is Holding You Back. And you know through every episode. There's lots of things that Kate and I just keep saying over and over and over <laughs> again. And we promise you that even if you think you know what patriarchy is today, we're going to unpack it even more deeply and really show you that this is a cultural pain point for all women. And in order to live the new paradigm of love, in order to live the truth of who you are, you must be willing to face this conditioning and we're going to hopefully show you today how you can begin to set yourself free from all of it. So Kylie, before I introduce you, thank you for being here today. Such an honor to be here with you both and your beautiful community. Thank you. So Kylie is a writer, earth guardian, and mentor who supports men and women in remembering who they are and their soul's purpose for being here at this time. She is on a mission to reclaim the feminine principle and make this world a safe, just, and liberated place to call home. And I was saying before we began today that it's pretty impossible to capture the soul of who a woman is in a couple sentences. But what I really love about your bio, Kylie, is that it's essentially, here's what I stand for. <laughs> like, yeah. like your bio is your soul's mission and mm -hmm. purpose. And so... Why don't we jump right in? Like I said, we have to really bring in the story, right? The, the yeah. woman's story. And I'm sure there are about 5,000 pivotal moments in your life that have helped mm -hmm. shape who you, you are. But perhaps we can start with a story on when you first realized patriarchy was holding you back, right? A pivotal moment of awakening mm. to that yeah. in your life. Yeah, you're right. So many, so many moments <laughs> where it, patriarchy was informing and was an invisible wall that I wasn't yet aware of. So I'll say that the first awareness that really dropped in for me around the patriarchy wound is what I call it, uh, was 2019. 
2018, 2019. And I was really going uh, deep into the mother wound because I was mm-hmm. reaching financial ceilings in my business. And I was like, why can't I go beyond this mark- marker point? Why can't I be financially independent? Why do I always feel like I have to play small or kind of stay in these codependent patterns in my relationship and not be able to stand on my own two feet? So that was really frustrating because I felt really trapped in a lot of those narratives um, that didn't allow me to have the freedom and liberation that my soul wanted. Um, So I started to explore the mother wound and for, I'm not, I'm sure you've talked about the mother wound potentially on the podcast. You're going to have to share Not more. in that way. Ooh, not in okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah please, um, please yeah. define it for us. Okay. Yeah. I was going to. <laughs> so the mother wound is, is the wound women carry um, from having been born into a patriarchal society for thousands of years. This not, this includes the, the pain and all the coping mechanisms that have been a result of the oppression of women in mm. our culture. And it's, it's sad, but it's almost, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking because I think right now, collectively, a lot of women are, are really working on this relationship with mother. I think there's a big, been a big invitation to heal this, this relationship, but this is kind of the doorway into healing the patriarchy wound because the mother is the gatekeeper almost to, to going deeper into that wound. And I hope in this conversation that we can move beyond the mother wound and actually start to identify the patriarchy wound and not necessarily blame the mother for um, being born in this patriarchal society mm. with tons of repressed rage and grief from not actually having the freedom, the voice, the space to, to reclaim um, soul to reclaim purpose. So the mother wound shows up in the mother daughter dynamic. Uh, usually it doesn't mean it doesn't show up in the mother son dynamic, but it is potentially more heightened. And I can only speak from my personal experience with the mother daughter dynamic because uh, at least for me personally, how it was showing up was I wanted to break through some codependent patterns and I wanted to be financially independent. And my mother grew up in a family where her father believed that women stay home, cook and clean and have babies. Mm. And it, that was the only thing that was modeled to my mother. And that was the only model of woman in my life um, was that the woman supports the man mm. and wow. kind of always falls in line with, with his needs and um, kind of gives up self to take care of the house and the children. And while I am incredibly grateful for, for that um, and my mom t- playing that, that role, uh, it wasn't my path. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting because internally I was running up against the model. I was running up against the conditioning of what was possible for a woman. Because all I'd ever seen modeled, don't get me wrong, I've seen in our culture the model of the empowered woman or the entrepreneur or the woman who... Um, in a way, in a way has broken through some of those patterns, but I'd say that they've almost flipped to the other side of becoming hyper-masculine and, and kind of becoming the, the father's daughter of the patriarchal system so that they can actually have the freedom and liberation they crave without the intimacy that they also crave. So it's like, 
like riding on two yeah. poles here, um, trying to find the middle ground. So anyways, with all that being said, uh, the mother room came up for me big time in 2019. And that's what really catalyzed my journey inwards to looking at this patriarchal system we've we've been born into and have been living in for thousands of years and all of the repressed pain that not only I'm carrying but my lineage through the female line is carrying um, and more specifically how that was showing up was in my relationship with my mother because I was now rocking the familial boat I was now rocking all of the patterns of enmeshment that that I think unconsciously triggered my mom's rage and grief from not actually having a voice, from not being able to do what she'd always, always wanted to do. So as I started to liberate myself from those patterns of stay small, be quiet, um, stay in codependent dynamics, um, I was inviting her to look at and feel things that aren't comfortable. And clearly, without context or even understanding that, um, what happens if there's, there's no awareness is it, it gets directed at the person who we think is actually causing the pain. And so that's really how it shows up in a lot of mother-daughter dynamics is the mother's like, uh, I've done so much. Like, it's, it's all of these passive ways of manipulating and, and really trying to um, keep this unconscious power dynamic present mother daughter mm -hmm. instead of it actually moving into more of a equal power dynamic woman mm -hmm. to woman right because most women mothers have been sourcing a lot of power through their relationships with their children because it's the only thing they really had to um i won't say control that's the wrong word but influence I'll say. Mm. So yes. yeah, healing that in 2019 was massive. But then act after doing a lot of healing work with women, which historically I'd never done before because I was pretty hyper-masculine and didn't trust women and didn't have a really strong sisterhood and mm. was really wounded in the feminine. And then I started, I hired a, two female mentors, joined a sisterhood group and started working with solely feminine, um, not solely the feminine. And I went on a no man diet last year that catalyzed some s serious sacred work internally around this as well, because I was no longer looking for men to provide me with that external validation, safety, and security that I'd always been sourcing from them because that's what would, had been modeled um, for me as, as normal, yep. as safe. So a no man diet, you need to go deeper into that. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of women listening who could really, really benefit from yeah. that. Yeah, I'd love to. I got on a call with Mark Wolin. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with his work. Mark Wollen wrote the book, uh, It's Not Always About You, and looking at our uh, intergenerational wounds that are carried down um, into, into the present based off of what has occurred through your lineage. And I was on a call with him. 
And I was like, you know, I've done so much work. I'm not really sure I need to be on this call, like all the narratives, right? Mm -hmm. And then I sit on the call with him and he's like, so if you don't do this work, I'll be on the same phone call with you in two years. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. And his invitation was you need to heal um, your relationship with your mother and you need to go on a no man diet because your original imprint is to intuit the needs of others, mm. make them feel special, pull them close and meet their needs so that they stay. Mm. So it was like all of my internal energy was being sourced to maintaining and mm. intuiting what the needs of others were and specifically men, because that's how I related to my mother. That was like the original imprint with my core attachment with mom is like, what does she need? How do I intuit because intuit what she needs and how do I meet those needs so that I am safe? Because when she is okay, then I'm okay. And so I started recreating that pattern in all my relationships, which of course leads to internal chaos because you're not actually connected to self. You don't mm -hmm. actually belong to self. All of your energy is fragmented, worried about everybody else. So it's an external locus of control instead of an internal locus of control. And then I'd get to a place of such self-abandonment, such internal chaos that I blow the whole thing up. Mm. I'm like, I can't do this. And it's like, well, of course you can't. You're not even there. You're a shell of a human because you're so focused on everybody else that you don't even know yourself. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. how many women can probably relate to that? Where it's like oh. you wake up one day. And I, like, I think everyone, oh. I think every woman, yeah, right? because at, at some point. Conditioned. Yeah, it's so deep. Take care of the needs of everybody else. And that mm -hmm. actually, to be honest with you, is not our fault. We've had to, mm -hmm. for our own safety and security over being, well, living in a patriarchal society for, for yes. so long, we've sourced our security and safety from men. Yeah. How else? Some are still trying. Some are still trying. <laughs> Shit, I was trying until last year. Most, and most still, are still trying. <laughs> and I still have to really look at those hooks. Yeah. Those unconscious hooks yeah. into who has the power, who has the status, who has the money. And you're just like, okay, this is interesting. Um, you know, that shadow, um, the shadow feminine or the distorted feminine, um, which really is just the wounded feminine that has been oppressed and repressed and exploited and denigrated for thousands of years is, has almost through society and culture as well, has almost um, made us into uh, really good manipulators when it comes to sexual energy as well, is like, how can we utilize this allure or this sexual energy to pull in, mm. to be wanted to be yeah. in all in all these things anyways gosh we can get on so many tangents there i was gonna mm -hmm. say we might we might have to talk about that but you i love it just here's our first question and we dive diet um but i think that's an important piece here because i actually personally that was the most sacred container i've ever created for myself and it's the deepest work i've ever done on this planet wow. and i've done a lot of work not to say that it was a year. Stuff. So no, no man diet for a year or how long? Six months. Six months. And it, who I was tested boy. Let me tell you, I was like <laughs> trying to source. It was so funny. Cause you start to laugh at yourself. Cause you're like, wow, you don't even realize how deep these patterns of like seeking external validation are like uh -huh. these little narcissistic hits of like, Oh, I just got the eyes or I just got the attention. And it's like, 
like almost to validate my existence. Yes. And I'm like, Ooh, that's not like, I see you like in, with so much love and compassion, of course, but it's like, you should pull it back. Like when you're going to spin class to try to hit, like, it's just like, Kai, what's your actual intention? <laughs> Are you going to spin class or do you want the attention of the instructor? Like that's oh. how, that was yeah. how deep it was. Yeah. And so in that container of, mm. of creating the no man diet, um, <laughs> it was, how can I come home to the little girl within? How can I validate her? How can I soothe her? How can I um, meet the needs that she has been looking elsewhere in her life to meet so that I can feel safe in my own body so that I can reclaim um, my needs, my desires without necessarily all of my energy being focused externally on meeting those needs and desires of someone else to ensure safety. So internally sourced safety um, is what has allowed me to, to really break out of those codependent patterns because I'm unconditionally okay for the first time in my life. And when you're unconditionally okay, you're no longer trying to hook in mm. on those patterns of that that are that stem from feeling less than feeling broken feeling like you're never going to be loved the fear of abandonment like all of that when you feel unconditionally okay there's only opportunity and room for truth mm. it's like i see that shadow you know that's actually not working for me that mm -hmm. pattern or that hook like you just name it you're just like i'm not here for that anymore mm -hmm. like i know i'm okay so the only thing that um <laughs> that matters is truth. And that's why I love your podcast name because it's all about truth. Truth is love. Truth is liberation. And if we're all hiding out, um, mm. then we're all enabling each other to stay stuck in adaptive childhood strategies that aren't serving us and in creating intimacy uh, and harmonious, not only relationships, but also worlds. You know, because most of us are walking around as traumatized children. Mm -hmm. Just truth. And there's nothing wrong with that. We were born into a society and a culture that is deeply traumatizing on so many levels mm -hmm. um, and deeply fragment fragmenting. And also in our lineage, what we're carrying through, through our genetic material is also dense. And I almost like to think that we are the, the sacrificial generation that is here to burn it all up and mm -hmm. actually do the work. Um, so that we don't have to carry or so that our children don't mm -hmm. uh, receive that genetic load and have to, yeah, I mean, for so many reasons, it's mm -hmm. our time to, to do the work in that way. Um, but the one thing, and I'll say this because so many women really deeply kind of their jaws drop when I say it, but Mark Wolin was like, man is mother until you heal the mother wound. And I was like, what? He's like, all yep. the men you attract are your mother. And I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> like, not that I don't love my mother, but it was just like, I don't want to marry yeah. my mother, no. you know, or be with my, like, it was like, I, I don't want to mm. heal, you know, that forever. 
and be in those dynamics that feel very familiar to my inner child, but not necessarily feel fulfilling to my, my woman. Mm-hmm. So well, we got deep. We got, <laughs> we got a lot. I, I have it's so, so much to say. Go ahead. I Kate. feel like I was just going to say, I feel like our 25 episodes before this or 27 or whatever, are, we're all like planting the seeds for this depth. So hopefully the women listening today have listened to the other episodes. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. So awesome. Love it. There's so much. There's so much. I the, the first thing I want to just honor your vulnerability and transparency. And the, I I work with so many women who come to me saying, "Oh, I've already done a ton of work on myself. I've already done my inner child work." They'll even say. And I before I found inner child work, I had been doing ridiculous amounts of personal yeah. development work and gone to all kinds of retreats. And I stand firmly, I mean, the inner child work is my work. Like I, I have been designed to do that work and it is the work that transformed my life. And I know you mentioned one, you know, uh, you have a, a free community of, uh, where you talk about ritual and ceremony and yes, we are, America is a culture of traumatized children because we are the only culture that does not have rites of passage the way other cultures do. And at very young ages in many cultures, there is a rite of passage of that child becoming an adult and being expected to function like one, but not in America. In America, North America, you get North America. Be, North America. You can, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but you, you can, you can remain entitled and tantruming and, and the, the collective wound of, of women is we are afraid to grow mm-hmm. up because there, it, no one's modeled mm. interdependent relationship. And the gift of, I mean, spirit, we, we're, we've lost spirituality in our culture too. And then that's how we're making our partners God and, and goddess. Oh. And, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, it, for some women listening, this is going to go over their head. And for some women listening, hopefully this will be the spark where you consider what work you are doing on yourself and that it might be time, but you can't have consciousness without self-awareness. And the other thing I really appreciated about all that you just said is essentially this devotion to observing oneself. And I think respect taking radical responsibility for your life is being able to say, what do the behaviors I'm participating in implementing in my life serve what I'm actually trying to create. And my, I I do have to say I married my dad. And so I don't think all relationships are the mother wound. My ex was totally my mother wound, love addiction, 17 breakups, but now I'm working the father shit now. Um, But so just, you know, permission that you, you can actually act out all the, all the dynamics, but but that your, our relationship to our body is about mother. Right. Mm. And if, you know, my mother hated her body. I mean, I'm five years old. My mother's talking about the 10,000 different diets. She was on blatant self-hatred and criticism of her body when I'm five, (laughs) five years old. Yeah. And that's the internalization of, of the message that women have received for thousands of years in this patriarchal society 
that we are less than. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the Eve wound. Mm-hmm. We ate the apple. We're the reason pain we're exists the on the yes. planet. It's mm-hmm. like your fault. You're the one. Yeah. We're the temptress. We're the we're dangerous. We can't be trusted. We can't trust ourselves. We're not allowed to age. Like right. we're not we're only valued for our beauty. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred years ago, I don't even like even look at the church. Where's the woman? Yeah. Nowhere. Well, in the south of France, Mary Magdalene is at the front of every church. Yeah. She Oh yeah, we talked about the Mary Magdalene journey. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. <laughs> They've got it right. They've got it right. <laughs> but even in those stories, the main yeah. narrative is that she's the prostitute. Right. No, not in the south of France. They're no, but like in different. our in ours, in yeah. North American narrative. She's a prostitute. Yeah, yeah. there is. A, she was a teacher of love. It's so right. different. So different, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think women have internalized this. Oh my gosh, it's so deep. Um, this feeling of less than, that I am less than, mm. or I am not valuable. I am not worthy. I am broken. There's something to fix. And that is internalized and then becomes the very fuel that, that catalyzes this internal war with self. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I heard Guru Jagat say, um, how do you control a population? You take the the most powerful element of the species and you pit them against each other, mm. women. Mm-hmm. And this is what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. We're in competition for resources, yeah. aka men, for thousands of years. We, ha- we have so many betrayal wounds between women. Yeah. Um, and even our own relationship to self has been completely, uh, it, it's so sad, but f- just deeply fragmented. We're standing on so much shame. There's there's so much trauma there that we have to actually excavate and move Comparison, through. Comparison, jealousy. Yeah. yeah All so of it. And oh, I was even talking to a client the other day and she said she ran into a previous partner and he was with women, blah, blah, blah. And she was really triggered. And her initial response was to actually attack the women. And I was like, notice mm. that. Yeah. Notice how we've been trained. Yes. To not attack the integrity of the man, but to attack the women. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. Like that is no longer the way. Yeah. Like women need to stop fighting other women. Mm-hmm. And they need to get in their power and start holding the bar of integrity for men. Yes. Because we are the only ones who have the strength to do so. Yeah. Not that it's our job, but it is, I mean, to be honest with you, if you really go back to the original principles, um, is women are here as nurturers, but also protectors of, of earth, the circle of humanity, or the circle of life and humanity. And when women forget their role, which we have deeply forgotten our power mm-hmm. and our role, um, because we've been wounded in a patriarchal society, it's not our fault. And now it's our responsibility to remember. Yes. Yes. Then we can now hold this bar yes. of internal order, of internal integrity. Um, showing up in boundary. Like I just think uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, dating, dating's going to, the dating world is going to shift when women start showing up differently. When we start saying no, when it's a no in our body, when we start saying, you know, when we get out of the fantasy and get into our truth and honor it, that's when men will start rising because they have to. They have to. Yeah. And I love what both of you are saying because I think it's, the, the first step, at least for me, is coming back home to, to the body, mm-hmm. listening, honoring, intuition, instinct, naming, allowing yourself permission to let that inner feminine 
mm-hmm. and all of her various ways of expressing to be held, to be witnessed, and to to have this safe space to to be. But we've been at war with our bodies. We're like, yeah. well, the body needs to look this way. So yeah, it just keeps us distracted exactly. from our spiritual yeah. mission, which is, you know, also another beautiful tool and tactic to keep us all asleep. Um, and your, at your war episode, with ourselves. Your episode's coming on the the heels of of a two part with a health expert who, where we essentially just took apart like how toxic. Botox is and how much power we actually have to take control of our health and stop looking to other people to tell us what we should do or not do. And, and this, you know, I keep thinking about the word power mm-hmm. and, and how the, the tendrils and the hooks are still thinking my power is outside of me, mm-hmm. just like we think love is outside of me. And I'm Kate, I'm so happy you brought that in because we have said that on many podcasts, the episodes that when women, women will change dating, yeah. right? Women when they will actually mm-hmm. <laughs> like take, take a stand and, and starting with, you know, I, I sat in my, fr- I grew up with two sisters and I sat in my first women's circle in 2012 in San Diego because magical things happen in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Everything mm-hmm. magical is in San Diego. And I, on the six hour plane ride home, I had never sat in a women's circle before. I had never led a women's circle before. I sat in one and on the six hour plane ride home, I named my circle. I had written the like welcome email to all the women in my life. And I led a monthly women's circle in Boston for five years. Wow. And it is, you know, I keep thinking about how many books you can read. Like, yeah, how many podcast episodes you can listen to, whereas the invitation, and I'm so proud that this is what we've stood for on The New Truth, like Kate leads retreats. I mean, that's the core of her work is the group work because you have to actually put yourself in in the fire. You have to put yourself in the position to face and be with all that comes up rather than what so many of us do is I'm just gonna hide, right? Like that first call with a coaching client when they're like, Uh, like, okay, I will, you know? And it's like, this is a container you're about to enter in. And I, you know, I'm 32. I'm not, I'm like, I, I, yes, you could say I've been on the journey for 10 years. I'm about to celebrate 11 years of sobriety, or I guess this episode is going to be released after (laughs) I I have celebrated 11 years. Thank you. And I just am humbled by life. Like I feel I'm like listening to you and it just feel like all the women are sitting with us in circle right now, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that's how I feel on every episode and why I'm so proud to do this with you, Kate. Cause it's like, this is the women's circle. I mean, the new mm-hmm. truth movement is the circle where women have permission to bring all of who they are, yes. heal through their stories, recognize you're not alone in your pain. And it takes c- tremendous courage to feel our pain. And, and we've said detoxing from the old paradigm. It's a detox. It's not like, oh, and then the new paradigm, I'm living happily ever after. Like you must detox from the conditioning and the stories. And it is painful to look at how we have sourced our worth from men. It is painful to look at how manipulative we've been. And that's why forgiveness work. Mm-hmm. It is everything. And, and everyone, you're, all women are worthy of that. 
to forgive themselves for all of the ways that we've acted out and all of the pain we've caused ourselves. Yeah. And it starts mm -hmm. one, right? Kate, you always say to me, right? One woman at a time, mm -hmm. one woman at a time, we, we change, we change mm -hmm. the world. One woman at a time, one moment at a time. Yeah. Choice, making new choices day by day. That's why I love the framework of looking at the patriarchy wound because it externalizes mm. the problem. Yeah. The yeah. patriarchy has done a good job, even self-development. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. You mm -hmm. need to fix yourself. And my truth is there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -mm. You are not broken. If anything, you've been wounded. Yes. You know, and we can work with that. Right. And we can heal that. There's no, but, but there's inherently nothing wrong with you. Yes. Right? And that's yeah. why that trauma-informed lens and the externalization of how we've been steeped in this patriarchal matrix for, for so long and it's been so toxic that um, it's time to name that. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's time to detox from that. And hook from the feeding tubes of that system. Mm -hmm. Stop um, idolizing this psychopathic consciousness or this narcissistic mm -hmm. consciousness. Like, what are we doing? We have our in our culture. Who do we idolize? Yeah. These powerful giants that don't care about mm -hmm. the earth or humanity mm -hmm. or the or world. you or you <laughs> they don't actually like, care about you yes. or we idolize chloe kardashian kate went to town uh, went to town kate i don't know if you want to bring that back in here because i feel like this is uh, i i have a um a deep stance inside of me uh to awaken women to alternatives to um plastic surgery and botox and um, and I come every time I come across an ad, it actually started with an ad I saw of these lips that were um, like a woman's normal lips. And then next to it was this giant lip. And, mm -hmm. and I was just scrolling on Instagram and it's like, oh yeah, okay, there it is again. And this is like, we unconsciously scroll and we see these ads and these pictures of celebrities and we think, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to look like. And then, mm -hmm. and then of course, on top of that, there's all these apps now where you can change your face <laughs> and like actually make your lips bigger and your cheeks bigger and whatever. Yeah. And, and so I came across this one of, um, of one of the Kardashians. I don't know much about them, but they, uh, the, it was, it was a media company that was promoting the transformation was the word that was used. Uh, oh, I think it was Chloe Kardashian of, or you just said her name um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was her before and after pictures and she's a completely different person, but not on the inside. She's a completely different person on the outside. And I, I posted the picture and just said, this is, you know, the, the tragedy of, of the brainwashing that we're consuming on a daily basis. And as women feel so pressured to follow this path, like it's the only option. And when we unpack this with Sinclair, um, it's, like it, it's like we think there's no other option because everybody else is doing it. It's become this like very common, very normal thing um, to freeze ourselves in time because women are not allowed to age and we're not allowed to be where we are. And um, yeah, it just breaks my heart. So I sh actually shared that photo and my, bro my little brother wrote me a message. I don't think I told you this, Catherine. He, he was like, this is so fucked. I can't believe what like women go through. This makes me so angry. He goes, I saw an article about how Khloe Kardashian is claiming she's now loves herself because of what she looks like. She's now finally loves herself. 
And the like transformation, that is not transformation, no matter how perfect your face is and it like doesn't wrinkle and doesn't move. You know, I guarantee, I mean, I have a lot of women that I've worked with over the years who've tried going down that path and it doesn't like, it, it, it represses you even more. You know, you might, you might, your ego might look at your, like yourself when you look in the mirror, but on the inside, you're, it doesn't change how you feel about yourself within. And it's stemming, it's being driven by patriarchy. It's being driven by these messages that our value is only based on us being beautiful and young and, um, and youthful and that that's the only option for women and it devalues us constantly, but we buy into it and we play into it. And it's, it's so, so, so deep that even as I preach this message, I'm in it too. I mean, I just turned 39 and Yes, my my eyes notice things that I never know that I never that never were there before, and I'm starting to pay attention and starting to feel that like pressure of doing something about it. But then I catch myself and I catch those thoughts, like you were saying earlier, and I choose to not follow that narrative and to not let that be the dictator of my life mm-hmm. because it's only going to create more suffering inside of myself and more disconnection and more self abandonment, yeah. not less. Whew. And this is why we need other women, right? Yes, like why? it's this, it's yeah. these conversations. It's supporting one another and remembering who you are. Like I've, I've cried on every episode about the healing Kate has offered in my life. Like I can't believe I've done business alone for as long as I have, which is also patriarchal narrative. I have to do it all myself. Not only better, I better, you know, parent five kids and take care of a husband in the house and have a full-time job and do it all myself. But having Kate has transformed my business and the way I feel about myself. And it was only sitting in women's circles where another woman is saying, you know what, I'm struggling with that too. And let's heal this together. Mm -hmm. Let's do this together. That's why coaching is so powerful for me. It's the most, the most healing. Like every woman I work with is sacred, right? We're holding the hearts of other women. And And so, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's write a new narrative together. Let's write a new story, which we talked about. I don't know if that was the Facebook live yesterday or the episode, but we talked about like rewriting our story. How can we become the heroine of our own story instead of playing out this story that's been laid in right. front of us that we like we are powerless to the story that we we have been born into and now we get to choose and i wanted to maybe shift gears together and not that we can offer like how to heal from how the patriarchy is holding you back in a podcast episode but all of us have devoted our work i mean all of us in our own way are, are helping other women heal and i'd love i feel like to bring in some of the things, like some of the practices that you can begin doing. Like, what does it mean to take on the patriarchy wound, Kylie? Like, how does a woman begin to heal this, right? From, from inside of your model of, of work. Yeah. Because this isn't an episode of like, you're fucked. No, it's <laughs> you know? the exact opposite. It's like, hey, yeah. you've been fucked. And you know? now you're by this system. <laughs> yes. It's not you. It's not your fault. Um, I think first and foremost is like naming, naming that this is a thing and looking at how this cultural system um, and the patriarchy wound has, has shown up in your life. So I think of course, always having the awareness that it even exists is the first step of like, there is nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then what's happening here? You know, um, personally for me, what has been imperative in 
in healing from the the patriarchy wound is embodiment practices is really increasing the capacity of my nervous system and working on that foundational level has increased my my personal capacity to sit with all of the pain all of the discomfort all of the uh, shame that is a result of all of the systemic narratives because shame at least in my formula and how i see it is there's a shame core and the shame core um you're not born with that but it's created through big t and small t trauma and i know that we don't need to to get into what trauma is but it's 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 because of those experiences where we have felt rejected in our full expression or it hasn't been safe to be in our fullest expression mm -hmm. that we then feel that internal rejection and that becomes kind of the emotional basis of that shame core which operates on the beliefs that i am unlovable i am broken and um i need to be fixed uh so when we look at the shame core um not only can we start to name the narratives that are operating even the the narratives around what it means to be a woman in your family based mm -hmm. off of what was modeled through your your mother her relationship with her body how that's impacted your relationship with your body um and how the cultural narratives especially around beauty yeah. and the ideal you know and that's different for white women i got i was called forward in this in a workshop i did around the body and healing healing the relationship not only with the body, but in our culture around this, I being the ideal woman. And I had a woman of color say, you know, there's, there's the, you actually have the potential of reaching the ideal because in our culture, white is ideal. And I was like, damn, I didn't even like, not even a part of mm -hmm. my wheelhouse of understanding. And then I was like, oh, wow, that's a whole nother layer of oppression. Yeah. Whole other layer of trauma um, that, I need to acknowledge. And so with that, I mean, it's looking at all the narratives, of course, but it's actually getting back into your body, to be honest with you, mm -hmm, yeah. and increasing capacity to sit with all the emotions to mother and father, your own inner child. And the next layer of that, um, and embodiment practices can be dance, can be breath work, can be movement of any kind can be somatic experiencing therapy. So working with a practitioner to support in cultivating that secure attachment bond um, and being in nature. I mean, there's so many ways to get in your body, but that's a really great starting that's point. That's a great list. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then the next piece is containment. How can I be in the container of me? I think so many of us, all of our energy and selves are like not only in the past, but in the future, worried about everybody else. And it's like, how can we create a ritual to come back into self, into yeah. the container of me? What am I feeling? What is present for me? Can I bring that energy all the way back in? And from that space, then move forward. Hmm. Um, so that's like a, a healing of intuition, of instinct. Um, by coming back into the container of you and really getting curious about the wisdom that lives within. Um, trauma work also highly recommend. 
because there's a lot of work, (laughs) a lot of stuff here um, that needs to be witnessed and held. And that's why I love circle. And I agree with everything you're saying around the old ways and reclaiming our indigenous roots. So indigenous spirituality, we all have a heritage. We all come from places. And I know a lot of us, especially in North America, our blood is braided with many different (laughs) cultures and um, really reclaiming these roots um, and remembering where we come from, our cosmological underpinnings. Like what is the origin story of our actual lineage? You know, we've been spoon-fed one in North America for a long time in, in, in the takeover of Christendom. Um, and we really, not to say that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with Christianity and the essence of Jesus and Mary's movement, but we really need to look deeper. We need to go deeper. We need to root down deeper into the older myths um, and stories that informed um, life, how to live, the original principles, um, so that we can expand out of these limiting and shame-based narratives that we've been given for a long time. Because expanding mm-hmm. the myth of what woman is and remembering is imperative. So that's, yeah, sitting in circle, that's reading. I mean, Woman Who Run With Wolves is pretty much like the most incredible book when it's coming yes. to expanding the wild woman um, archetype and remembering her. Um, but... Mm. It really is as simple as cultivating sisterhood. I, mm-hmm. I say it over and over. It's just like, there's nothing that means more to me than ceremony, ritual, and sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Because when you are anchored in your sisterhood and you have women who are holding you to, with so much love and grace, you just remember a deeper level of strength. You're just rooted mm-hmm. in something so much deeper. And then that gives you... the strength to stand boldly in what your heart knows is possible in relationships, in the world, um, in your work. And you remember that you're not alone when you're in sisterhood. That that's to me the most powerful piece. A lot of women who come to the immersion in Greece, um, have never, have never shared. I mean, there's stuff that comes out at that even in my weekend expanded love weekend course, there's things that come up that, that are something that these women are, have been holding on to for years and have never told a soul and how we walk around thinking, you know, until you have sisterhood and this becomes your normal, we walk around thinking, Oh, I'm the, I'm fucked up and everybody else has it all together. And you look on Instagram and God, everybody's life is perfect, but I am fucking crazy and I'm a mess. And, um, you know, there's so many different ways that looks, but as soon as you come together in sisterhood, you realize, Oh my God, we're all the same. We all have the same stories, the same bullshit, the same lies we tell ourselves when we look in the mirror or when we go on a date or for a job interview. We've all got the same shit and we've all got the same beauty as well. And um, I remember in one of the um, courses that I took back at the beginning of my journey, um, I studied Murray Bowen's family systems theory. So, so much of what you're talking about with the mother wound and all that so resonant because I I feel so blessed to have taken that program. It was a year long deep dive into your own family system. And we had to study our genealogy going back four generations and dissect what was landing on your shoulders. And it was so profound. It was so powerful. And all the emotional patterns in the family that you had learned from your system. And one of the things that, um, 
that I remember so clearly as a friend of mine was going through deep, deep grief. It was a relationship ending and all this stuff. And she said to our teacher, I cry every day. Like I cry every night. I cry in the bath. I cry in bed. I cry, cry, cry. Why, like, why is the grief still there? And the teacher said, our wounds were formed in relationship and they must be healed. I think this is from A Course in Miracles, which the course was, my program was also based on A Course in Miracles. Our wounds were formed in relationship and thus must, must be healed in relationship. So that's, you know, in healed in relationship with a coach, with a mentor, with a therapist, in sisterhood, the power of healing, uh, healing your, your wounds in group is unbelievable. And I think of the bonding that happens with women because women thrive in community. We thrive in collaboration. Everything you said earlier about how we're so pinned against each other and so many women have so many wounds with other women and not trusting other women. And yet when we come together, the potency and magic that happens with the collective, like it's, I think, you know, the women that come to Greece, the bond that they have after is like nothing nothing you can imagine. Like when you spend a whole week diving into all corners of yourself and I've had the same experience with different programs I've taken and women who just become sisters almost instantly because we're going through that together. Yeah. It's everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it is how we heal. And I feel like there's this core message of, of inside of all of this is healing is possible. And I think for me, I remember like I, I really followed the narrative right up. And I mean, getting sober was my first like initiation into healing as being possible. But I thought, well, this is just how life is. This is, this is who I am. Like I, like that was it. Like I walked through life just like, oh, okay, this is how things are going to be. Like being an entrepreneur was like beyond my wildest dreams. Like, wait, what? I can work for myself. Like what? Um, and, and this, you know, core message of this episode feels like healing is possible. It is yours to be done. You are not meant to do it alone. Don't worry about how everyone else is doing their healing journey. (laughs) Get honest with yourself. Like I keep thinking of, um, Lola Pickett. We had her on our podcast a couple um, weeks ago. And, and essentially we said, what was your pivotal moment? And the first thing she said was when I stopped lying to myself, mm. like that, that was her, her moment. I mean, that line, like I have goosebumps again, um, hearing it again. And this place of, of every, and, and I'm really clear. And I think Marion Williamson says this, like there is no speeding up the process for a woman. Like every woman must hit her own rock bottom. And we all know the friends that we wish we could save. We wish like if I could just say it one more time, right? Or get her into this, this group. And, and it's really powerful. Just in the past 24 hours, two, two women um, signed on to work with me. And they're women that I've known for many years, many years. And both of them just 24 hours. Okay, Catherine, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And, and that piece, because I think there is the codependent dynamic is even women saying, I can save you. Like we're, we can do the codependency dynamic with other women. Absolutely. And that's why, I mean, I have an altar. One of the first practices. So I love, thank you so much for your offerings around healing. And then Kate, I really want to hear it from you too. But one of the first things I ask a woman to do when she begins working with me is creating a sacred space in her home. Mm. And when you have an altar that represents the sacred that your psyche sees every single day, that it's the place you go to every single day to sit in meditation or that on that altar you have 
photos of your friends. You have photos of places in nature. You have photo, a photo of your inner child. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, Carl Jung, like this is why an altar existed. Like your psyche, when you walk by that every single day, you won't forget what is yeah. sacred. When you sit in front of the altar and you remember that since the beginning of time, that's what, what people have been doing. And it's not a woo-woo practice. It's symbolic. We heal through symbolic work. And that's why when we sit in circle, we have a center altar, right? Every retreat, every workshop, there is an altar at the center. And that simply means sacred place. And then it's treating yourself as sacred because you are. Self-care is not the little bath or getting your nails done or every once in a while doing a workout. Self-care is knowing yourself as a sacred being Mm -hmm. and acting like it. And I, I feel very lucky to have begun my journey at 21 and you know, you're, it's exactly right for all women, right? 17 breakups with the same guy. All my friends wanted to fix that for me. And I hit my bottom when it was my time and that was between God and I. Mm -hmm. And so we all come, we, we will wake up or not. But every woman will wake up in her own exact right time. And sometimes it takes one podcast episode, one friend, like one breakdown, like all these initiations that are up, that are really between us and the divine anyway. Like we cannot speed up anyone's process. And I think that causes a lot of pain for many women when we see the people we love struggling. But what helps me as a freaking recovered codependent and empath, right? Like we are not responsible for other people's journeys. We are not. It's between them and God. And when I have an altar in my office and I'm thinking I have the call with the woman who's maybe a no right at that time or the woman who's still struggling, just look at my altar. And I imagine her energy on that altar and remember something bigger than me is carrying the planet. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm in a mystery school and this, this is our work. Like mystery schools existed long before religion you know, like before religion, mystery schools existed and it's in our bones. We know, (laughs) we know, and we're not going to find ourselves scrolling Instagram and Facebook. (laughs) Like we are not going to find ourselves trying to hop into somebody else's, gosh, Kate, you say it all the time, right? Like, why are we sitting, we're sitting in the passenger seat and the man's driving the car. Like, why the fuck are we not driving our own car? But energetically, it's that. Like, you tell me who to be. You tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I, I, like, this is a devotion, Like I don't operate as if I'm freaking already healed and I'm all set, but I walk the walk through I'm committed to the sacred work. And so Kate, we haven't heard from you. I would love to hear your, so I just offered the altar, like any of your, um, the practices of detoxing from patriarchy, anything that you love or any first suggestions for women? Uh, well, one, one book that popped up when, uh, Kai, when you were telling your story, um, was The Untethered Soul. I think that's such a great book for someone who's newer to the journey and doesn't um, necessarily understand the the separation of the self from the voice in our heads. I call it your saboteur, um, but from those shadow parts of ourselves or that the voice in our head that's judging us and, and always in fear. And so The Untethered Soul, have you read that one? Michael A. Singer. You haven't. It's one of the uh, only books. Oh my God. God it's never, so beautiful. I know. It's the weirdest thing. It's so beautiful. I mean, because you already are 
living it. <laughs> um, but it's so beautiful. I, I picked it up on a flight uh, just before a flight from San Francisco to, to Maui. And I read it like the whole thing on the plane. It was so moving. And his second book, The Surrender Experiment, is his life's um, his life's his life journey of practicing being untethered from the voice in his head and being more the observer. It's so beautiful, so powerful. So definitely that book, there's um, so many books, I mean, resources that will open your mind um, in this way. But um, I always say uh, create, create your life. So it's like a sacred container for your soul to thrive. So we, and you know, we talk a lot about this in different, different aspects of this in every episode, but it's about like really, really being honest with yourself and being willing to let go of everything that feels like it's taking energy from you or leaking your energy. So those toxic relationships, friendships, places where, you know, I mean, even being as brave as you were in the man detox and actually being willing if you know that there's a pattern that you cannot break and you've tried and you've done the deeper work and you've done the healing and you've done the growth and you know that you that you have to leave the relationship or you have to leave the um the dating you know all the women that are addicted to dating for validation and it's just this constant cycle of this becoming the thing you get the validation then you beat yourself up when you don't get it and you get it and then you beat yourself up when you don't get it. And it's just this never ending roller coaster ride. And so like get off the fucking roller coaster and yeah. you know, whatever, wherever in your life, you know, you're feeling like, Oh, this is like taking over me, your phone. That's the one I have to practice with the most is like, okay, I need to turn my phone off and put it in a box because it's so addictive and it's designed to be so addictive and it takes away our life force. So design your whole life so that it's a sacred container for you to be, feel connected to you. And like you said, your container of yourself or what did you call it? Container. You're right. Container I think of me. Containment. Yeah. Containment, containment, but containment of yeah, me. How can and I get back <laughs> into the container of me? Container of me. Exactly. Yeah. So like what, you know, what, I mean, even in my relationship, I moved into my own apartment because I didn't feel the container of me in the, in the home that Jeff and I had and, or the, the two bedroom place that we had. And I missed me and I could, we, I tried everything within the container to find me and to feel, or to feel me and to feel connected to me. And I couldn't. So I got my own space and I designed it exactly as my soul wanted it designed. And it feels so every time I open the door and come home, I'm like, ah, oh, I feel so relaxed and connected. And, you know, I have my meditation spot set up and that's where I meditate, you know, almost every day, not every day, but <laughs> when I'm <laughs> super on path. Um, but yeah, so just being really, really honest with yourself with all of that, which is taking energy or leaking energy and, and then, you know, put your energy into that, which gives you life whether that's dance or, you know, your sisters or the, yeah, the friendships that feel deeply nourishing to your soul or the foods that feel deeply nourishing to your body or, you know, nature. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so all good. Of that. Yeah. All that. And more. <laughs> yes. Yes. What, wow. I love that question. Where is my life force going? Mm -hmm. Where am I? Where's my energy leaking? Where is it being siphoned? 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually going back to the, the Kardashian thing, I had a friend, this is, this is cool. I had a friend reach out and she was like, cause I said in, in my post, we're, we're on this episode, we're going to talk about how you can slow down aging in a really healthy way. And my friend reached out and she said, why is the focus on aging? Like, why can't we just age gracefully? Like in many cultures in the world. And I, and my response was, that's a really good point. And we're actually aging way faster than we should be right now because of our lives are so toxic. toxic and so many aspects of our life are taking our life force. So people are aging fast, way faster than we should be because of that. So how can we seal the container yeah. and really, really honor ourselves? And Sinclair's episode will help with that so much too, because there's so many things we can do, even the impact Wi-Fi has on us oh, yeah. um, and how to, how to seal the container so that we can feel healthy inside of ourselves. And that's what youth being youthful is not about wrinkles or your, what, like what your hair, it's not, it's not about the exterior. It's how you feel. And when you feel Good. alive <laughs> on the inside and nourished on the inside and beautiful on the inside, you are radiant on the outside. You, you are all of these things we're chasing from, you know, Dr. Botox and, um, and cosmetics and all these things we're chasing outside of ourselves to look beautiful like that. Our real beauty comes from being connected with ourselves. I just said your, your Instagram handle. <laughs> being beautiful. Yeah. Well, what a conversation <laughs> Whoa. To, be <laughs> to be continued. I just feel, I mean, I, I said it this morning Kylie, like I knew this was going to be healing. Like there is a healing transmission that's being offered to every woman who's mm -hmm. listening. And I, we haven't yet addressed, and I just feel like this is important. You know, you, you are deeply passionate about reclaiming the sacred feminine. And I talked about us being sacred beings, remembering the sacred through an altar. So I'd love bef before we close today, just what is the sacred feminine to you? What does that mean? Why does it matter? Yeah, it, you know, it's actually really simple. It's the remembrance of, of the feminine essence and our sacred nature. So you actually <laughs> so beautifully described it as like everything is sacred. Everything, including ourselves, but I mean everything around us as well. Um, all living like the circle mm -hmm. of life. Um, there's something so beautiful about when you remember that original innocence within yourself and you go all the way back to that place, then you remember the interconnectivity between you and other, you and everything, you and life, you and the mystery. And then life becomes sacred. And I think the feminine really is the part of us, not only within, but in the world that life, life, just period, life, <laughs> um, that when we reconnect mm -hmm. to that, we reconnect to what really matters, humanity, earth, life, or we become for life, you know, because so much of our culture is anti-life, you know, even yeah. technology. Yes. It's like so much anti-life, so much a movement into machine world and Reclaiming the sacred feminine is a remembrance of the living world. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for that. Because I know feminine can be a supercharged word (laughs) for so many people. And I, I know, I mean, we haven't even taken apart how I, I personally can't stand the answer to dating right now being just be more feminine. Like, I don't, I don't get what that even means, but that's a, that's a whole movement. And feminine is not about wearing flowy clothes or, or feather earrings. Like the sacred feminine is about life and the mystery and the aspects of being and seeing your body as life, that you are not separate from life. You are not a machine. And when you are feminine, you're giving yourself permission to actually move slowly and go against the momentum of technology and this fast, 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 fast culture. And I, I just, this, this permission for women to be who they are, that's at least what it, what it means to me. Yeah. And that's what the feminine principle is a remembrance that life comes from the feminine. Like it is the feminine principle that life is birthed through the feminine Mm -hmm. and it's the, the return to the natural cycle of things like Mm. death, life and living in harmony with that cycle, not only within ourselves. And that's why that reclamation of coming back to menstruation, our sacred bleed, like these are all very sacred ways that we, um, can tune in to the sacred nature of our connection with the feminine, with life. Um, and how, I mean, God, when you say that, like menstruation, even that alone, like women aren't taught about it as a sacred part of ourselves. We're, we're like shamed about it. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to be a bitch, you know, before the time of the month. There's no education on the different cycles that happen throughout the month and how it's mm-hmm. impacted by the moon. And like, oh my God, it's crazy it's like how uneducated sacred. we are. The most sacred. Yes. And in other cultures, it's on, it's so honored as the most sacred, powerful, powerful Mm -hmm. aspect of a woman and powerful time of, of the month for a woman. And when she's most in her power and we're just stripped of that. Stripped. We'll have an expert on the podcast around that. It keeps, it keeps coming up. And I just, I am, I am so blown away by you, Kylie. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart with us today. Oh, such a, I mean, I've enjoyed this conversation. I've learned so much from both of you. So thank you so much for for inviting me into this space and to connect with your lovely community and your mission. I'm so here for it. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. And you have a free gift for our community. You have something special to invite everyone into. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, just briefly. um, I started a online women's group that's free called Held. And it's a sacred space for us to gather and be held and witnessed in our full humanity. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. So we'll make sure that link is below. And if you are not already in the New Truth Movement Facebook group, Kylie will join us on Thursday for another live conversation. So if you want more from Kylie and from us on this, make sure in that group to hear her. And where can women find you? The best place is Instagram for now. (laughs) Abby is beautiful. I will say in, na- in nature, future state, <laughs> come visit me on my land whenever that happens. But 
yeah, until then Instagram works. (laughs) That's wonderful and exciting. And any, I just feel like there's, okay, my intuition is there's like one more thing to say or one more thing that needs to be said. Is there any last statement of wisdom around, I mean, what a beautiful arc. We went from how patriarchy is holding you back to essentially how you can set yourself free. And I, you know, some of these, some interviews we've been, I've been saying, you know, what are the core beliefs that a woman must believe to begin to heal? And it feels like, I I don't know, my, my statement of wisdom just that I keep coming back to this episode is like healing is possible and you are so worth it. Yeah. You are sacred. I'll go, you know, I, I, Recently, I, I read something around the word worth, and that's been an interesting kind of like unpacking that word in general around, mm. wait, worth has a connotation to like money. And mm. actually a deeper layer of that is like, you are sacred. Mm. You are not for sale. You yes. are not a part of a system that has enslaved you energetically oh, yeah. to keep you hooked in to this patriarchal matrix that is sucking the life force out of all of us. Anyways, the one thing I did want to say <laughs> that I know that's like a, Kind of whoop. Just leave that there. Conversation on Thursday. Um, I was in. I, I was invited to sit in sacred ceremony with the four peoples, and this is an indigenous group um, who are out of the Sierra Nevada mountains in Colombia, and mm. they have dedicated their well, their whole lives, I guess. You know, for for since the beginning of time, they've never been displaced by colonization. Uh, so their whole purpose here is to, um, remain connected to mother earth as a living being and to live Mm -hmm. in right relationship and in alignment with the original principles for being here on this planet. And in that ceremony, the, the leader said something that kind of really hit me so deep in my, in my core that I want to invite for all women. And we can go deeper in our live call here is, so much of our work in our Western models of healing is all about the mind or the heart or the gut. And they said, until women actually heal their wombs, Mm. they will be out of coherence. There will be no internal order because your sacred sexual center is the most powerful organ and powerful Mm. energy on this planet. And unfortunately, Women have been violated mm-hmm. there a lot. Mm-hmm. And men, but a lot of women specifically and energetically, it can feel like we don't even own our own wombs. Yes. We can feel like we're not even the gatekeeper to our own womb where we didn't even know we had the the door yeah. to you know, it's just been like, Oh, well, that's what they want to do. So here it is. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait a second, is actually even in alignment? Um, so the invitation was <sighs> not only heal your own womb. But when your womb, all of the information that channels upward from the womb up, um, when the womb is based in coherency and internal order, so there's an integrity and a reverence for the womb and what its power is here to do, which is to birth life. Um, And that doesn't mean just physical life. That means birthing projects and all of the things that women continue to birth. Um, But the womb informs the gut, which informs the heart, which informs the mind. So think about that. If we're so focused on the mind without actually doing the deeper healing work there, right. we're still going to be a little disjointed. Mm-hmm. 
So that's the last thing I wanted to leave here because I think it's important if we're talking about healing and especially for women specifically, because when we become the gatekeeper to our own wombs, there is no higher bar of integrity for inviting men to grow. Mm. <laughs> think about that. Yes. When we reclaim the key to our own wombs, we mm. hold a new bar. We invite mm. humanity to evolve. Rise. Yeah. So that's where I'll, that's where I'll leave that. I knew Whoa. there was one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was one more thing that needed to be said. Kate, any, any statement of wisdom from your well, heart or womb? That. That, feels com- that feels complete. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, thank you. We hope to see all of you in the New Truth Movement or jo- and join HELD. HELD is your group. And if you know a woman who needs to hear this episode, every woman in your life <laughs> needs to hear this episode, please share this episode. We are so grateful for your subscriptions to the New Truth Podcast and your ratings and reviews. It makes a world of a difference. Thank you for your support and love. And Kylie, thank you for your time today. All my love. Yes. See you you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the New Truth Podcast. You are a woman first. Throw away the fairy tale story so that you can have the real thing and a life that you freaking love. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and share it with all of the amazing women in your life who need to hear this message. And it's all women. Every woman. <laughs> like every woman you know. Share it with your grandma. You can find us on Instagram at The New Truth Podcast and our website, thenewtruthpodcast.com. Sign up to receive your free gift from us. The three major myths about love keeping you settling, sacrificing, and sabotaging your relationships. Go get it while it's hot. Get it. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you soon. See you soon.